Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you, Father, for supernatural protection. We thank you, Lord God, for our children who are off at church camp right now. We ask in Jesus' name that their hearts would be malleable. We ask in Jesus' name that they would be changed by your presence, your word, and your power. We ask in the name of Jesus that not one of them would come back the same. We ask that they would come filled with the Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name that they would come back on fire for you, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name that you would give them uh, supernatural protection while they're there, supernatural protection on the road, and that it would just be a week filled with joy uh, and peace and all the good things that are found in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Man, does, does Pastor Larry have a word or what? How many of you would like to... Uh, get Pastor Larry to teach uh, uh, a series on finances when we get in our building. You know, the Bible says, and, and we, we spoke last week, uh, it was Father's Day, so it was apropos to do so. We spoke on uh, what being a man of God really is. Uh, and, and one of the things that the Scripture says so clearly is uh, we have plenty of teachers, but we have very few fathers. Uh, but as you can see, uh, he really has a father anointing on him. Uh, and not just for his own uh, children, which I'm thankful for, of course, uh, but he has a father anointing on him uh, that if if you can get under some of that teaching, uh, you know, there's some things that uh, you can you can learn uh, that'll help you through life that are that are kind of the ABCs and fundamentals of life. The Bible says uh, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. It doesn't say the end of wisdom is that. You know, even the devil's scared of God. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so what we do is we, we seek after wisdom. The Bible says that Solomon prayed and asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. And of course, then he was entrusted. Uh, and then he was, of course, the man entrusted to build the temple. He was the wealthiest man that ever lived. The Bible says he was the wisest man uh, that ever lived. Uh, I personally uh, like to throw in there the caveat, except Jesus, of course, because Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, to know Jesus is to know the Father. To know the Father's to know Jesus. Uh, but it's just a powerful thing when you can pick up some spiritual and biblical truths that you can apply uh, because the Word of God is not old-fashioned. Uh, the Word of God has not lost its power. Uh, the Word of God has not gotten slow or slack. On the contrary, uh, for whatever reason, uh, and I don't want to speak blanketly, but I guess I will, uh, the body of Christ has, has somehow just gotten soft. It's like the, it's like we got a bunch of toothless Christians running around. It's like we got a bunch of people scared of their own shadow Christians. Uh, you know, there's an old saying, and it, and it says like this: It says if you, if you, if somebody were to walk in the room and you'd just been talking about them, you might would say, "Speak of the devil." And and, and that's because there was used to be uh, rumors uh, and and different. Um, uh, what do you call it? Whenever you're you you you're, you knock on wood and stuff like that. What's that called? Yeah, superstitions. Thank you very much. <laughs> superstitions uh, that, that that have all been out there, and they get mixed in with with good doctrine, and they turn good doctrine to bad doctrine. Uh, but there used to be this idea that if you said devil or Lucifer or Beelzebub or whatever, uh, that he would actually show up, uh, so people wouldn't say it. Uh, uh, so they would they they wouldn't say devil because they were scared uh, the devil would show up. But the Bible says my Bible, which is King James, so yours might say it a little bit differently, but I like King James version, and, and it says it like this: God didn't give me a spirit of fear. Amen. 
but he gave me power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, so there, there's some root of fear somewhere, uh, and if God didn't give it to me, uh, then it either came from the world or it came from the devil, and neither one of those two things am I interested in receiving anything from. Uh, so in your life and in my life, it's imperative to recognize when you sense or you feel uh, fear coming up on the inside of you, that is not of God. And when you hear the word devil or you hear the word Lucifer or something else, I want you to picture uh, a chewed up piece of bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe because he is under your feet but the problem is we have people uh, that have been fed bad doctrine uh, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's because uh, they, 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 just, they, just, they just don't read the Bible for themselves or they don't read it in simplicity. Uh, so I encourage you to read your Bible. Uh, but bad doctrine will, will not teach you that there is a devil that wants to kill you. Uh, and the problem is if you walk into a boxing ring with your hands behind your back, I can promise you, you are not going to win that fight. But nobody walks into a boxing ring because if you walk into a boxing ring, you recognize that you do have an adversary. So the devil's, uh, one of his best tricks, one of his best, best tricks of his trade, and he's very good at what he does, uh, one of the best tricks of his trade is to convince you that he doesn't exist. If he can convince you that he doesn't exist, uh, then what's the point of living for God? What's the point of living holy? What's the point of abstaining from things and areas where you know that it's effectively his playground? What's the point if the devil doesn't exist? Well, I, I don't know uh, what you've been taught, but I can tell you what the Bible says, uh, that he's a thief and he's constantly trying to steal from your life and he's trying to kill uh, the, the, the areas in your life that God is trying to raise up and he's trying to come against you in every single way. So, uh, brother and sister, if you have not figured it out yet, when you walk into the ring, which is when your feet hit the ground every single morning, whenever you wake up and rub the sleep out of your eyes, you better recognize that there is an adversary and he wants to get you, but God has given us the victory. Somebody say amen. He's done all kind of things. Last week we talked about uh, what it means to be a man. Uh, we talked about who was here last week. We talked about what it means to be a man. Uh, and all the women in the house were saying, bless God, yes. And they were shaking their husbands, saying, you should do that. So this week, I'm going to tell these women how to act. No, I'm just kidding. But it's a great, powerful message about being a man. God didn't call you uh, to be a Christian because He wanted you to be some uh, uh, limp-wristed, slow Christian. He wants you to be so filled with the fire and the power of God that no devil in hell even thinks about coming against your family because you will call Him to the carpet and make Him pay sevenfold what the devil steals from you. There's a new day coming. And you can tell it because the devil is wigging out. Can you say wigging out in church? I never know what cussing is anymore. You can say wigging out in church. The devil is wigging out. He's walking into churches and, and having these demon-filled people execute people. And then ten days later, uh, uh, the, one of the most uh, controversial uh, social policies that has ever been in place 
was voted on not by the people, not by voted in uh, uh, legislators, not by representatives of the people, but was voted in by nine people who were placed there uh, uh, and never called to be in that position to make social decisions, but rather to weigh the letter of the law or making social decisions. And now you and I have to teach our kids something at a younger age than any other generation had to teach them because when they walk into the schoolhouse, the schoolhouse is now going to teach them that reading the Bible out loud is hate speech. That's what they're going to say. The next 36 months, uh, Paul said it like this. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. That statement is going to change over the next 36 months. You still, we could say it and everything's fine. But listen to me, over the next 36 months, we're going to make that same statement, but it might cost a little more than it's cost in the previous years. Things are getting very different very quickly. We cannot live the same. We cannot act the same. We cannot, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I just like the fundamentals of, the, uh, call me simple. I, I'm just from East Texas, you know. I grew up doing the 4-H and I, you know, raised the lambs and the chickens and all these things. I just, you know, I, I was very, uh, I don't want to say I'm simple-minded, but the fundamentals are, are pretty important to me, you know. Uh, I understand that we have some areas in the body of Christ where we could argue, uh, some gray areas, if you will. But can we just get back to the idea that God doesn't save you from sin so that you can go roll around in the mud with the pigs and smear it in His face? If sin was what uh, uh, put Jesus on a tree, then why in the world would we ever teach that sin was okay? Now, I'm not saying uh, that anybody is without sin. I'm not saying that nobody has sinned. And if you're a sinner, uh, listen to me. I got good news for you. I know the gospel about a Savior. And He will save you from sin. But He doesn't save you from sin so that you can get back in the middle of it. It's not like going and getting a free pass and going, oh, now I'm going to do what I want. Matter of fact, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to say this. Matter of fact, in my notes, here's what it says. Maybe don't say that. <laughs> but it's just us family. Right? The only people, the, the only people that teach that sin doesn't matter are the people that don't rely on the power and the presence of God. Here's how you know. America's a free country, correct? You can say whatever you want, pretty much. But if you walk into a court, and you begin to yell at the judge, and you begin to uh, talk uh, filthy to him, and all, or him or her, all these different things, listen to me, you are going to have one of two things happen. Either you're going to go uh, and they're going to give you a private room uh, with, with bars on it that you get to stand in for a while, or you're going to get thrown out of that uh, courthouse because there are precepts and prerequisites to getting into somebody's presence, and there are precepts and prerequisites for staying in somebody's presence. 
So if you really want the power and the presence of God, the Bible says that uh, unrighteousness and righteousness cannot be in the same place at the same time. That's why you and I are required to have the blood of Jesus wash over us. The Bible says that we have a gown of salvation. Then the scripture says that we put on a robe of righteousness. And when we walk into the presence of God, you're not walking into the presence of God because of the power of who you are. You're walking into the presence of God because of the power of who he is. So the Bible says that literally you are clothed in Christ. You put on Jesus so when God looks at you he sees the perfection of his son and not the in, not the imperfection of who you have lived and uh, who, who, who you have lived to be so the reality is it, it doesn't change it's kind of like your wife uh, whenever uh, you get married sir and, and you, you sit there and you put the ring on your finger uh, on her finger and, and y'all kiss and y'all y'all go on and, and probably that day you tell her you love her or, or whatever listen that's not the last time you should tell your wife you love her I can just tell you, you might not be married very long. I remember when I was dating Crystal, uh, when we first started saying I love you uh, to each other, which, you know, that's like a big deal when you're dating, you know. It's like, when is he going to say it, you know. And I didn't like saying I love you uh, because, you know, my family, we just didn't say it all the time. But her family, like if you walked from one room to another, they told you I love you before you walked out of the room, which was interesting to me. I'd never been around. They hugged a lot, too. I wasn't a hugger. I mean, I'm barely a hugger now, you know, some, a little bit, you know. Uh, but, but I wasn't a hugger at all to the point I told Crystal, I said, I, I'll be honest with you, baby. I said, I'm not coming to your house anymore if your parents don't quit hugging me. <laughs> she goes, well, they just love you. I said, I love them. I told them like six months ago, you know. But so they were huggers and, and I love youers and all this other stuff. And uh, so uh, uh, when, when I'll never forget, we were driving and, and, and I, you know, I don't remember. I was in Beaumont and told her I loved her. And, you know, so then, you know, whatever. Well, I didn't realize it was going to be like a, like a every 30 minutes thing once I started. You know, I thought it was like, I love you. And then maybe when I put a ring on it, then I'll tell her one more time. And then maybe like on our anniversary, I love you, that kind of stuff. But no, 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 no. It got to where we're on the phone and it's like, a, it's like all right, well, I'm going to go. And she's like, I love you. And I'm like, love you too. <laughs> and not because I didn't love her, just because it wasn't my culture. It wasn't, it wasn't where I'm from. You know, I have, I have two brothers. And, you know, to this day, we don't just go telling each other we love. We do love each other and we tell each other, but not just all the time, you know. Uh, so then it would get, you know, I don't know, maybe you've never been here. <laughs> but then it was like this. It'd be like, well, I'm going to go. And I didn't want to say it. And it would just be quiet. And I'd be like, I'd be like, all right then, I'll see you. She's like, okay. And I'd be like, bye. And this is when text messaging first came out. And like five minutes later, I get a text message, everything okay? And I'm like, yes, why? Oh, well, you didn't say I love you. So I had to have a talk with her. Straighten out her doctrine. She's not here, by the way. She's at camp. This message will not be on the interweb or whatever it's called. So she, she, we have a talk. I said, I said, baby, I said, listen, I, said, I can't tell you I love you every time we, we get off the phone. I said, I feel like it weakens it, which is what guys say because they don't want to say I love you. It doesn't really weaken it, by the way. But that's what I felt like. And I was like, I, was like, you know, I, I just, um, you know, I, I, I can't say it all the time. And she goes, well, look me right in the face. She said, I'm going to need it at least once a day. I said, I can do once a day. And I would literally remember if I was on the phone, if I had said it before once a day. Well, well then, 
something happened to me. Then we got married, and 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 I don't know. I don't know if God just took my old stony heart and turned it into a, a heart of you know flesh that He could mold. And it also had to do with the fact that last night the bed was freezing cold because she wasn't there. She's at camp. And, 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 and all I'm thinking is, oh, I wish I could tell her I love her before church. <laughs> Haley called me last night. Haley's our nine-year-old. She's at church. And she said, you want to talk to mom? I said, yes. Crystal said, hey, babe, what's up? I said, I don't know. Uh, but anytime that one of the kids asks if I want to talk to you, the answer is always yes, because I don't want you to hear no. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, oh, okay. I said, well, I love you and I miss you. She goes, I miss you too. I'll see you later. So there's a softening that can happen. There's a, there's a changing that can happen on the inside of you. Uh, I'm not saying it has to be that way, but it works for us. I wasn't really a hugger. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I wasn't really a hugger either until, uh, I wasn't really a hugger either until the kids got here. And, and now, I, I mean, they, they, they know. They're like, they're like, Dad, God. I'm like, what? I tell him, you know, I love you. I know, Dad. Dad, you're, I tell him, I said, you're, you're just a special, I'm a little boy. I say, you're a special boy. Dad, I know. So how you know? You tell me all the time. <laughs> I said, I put them to bed. I put my hand on their head. I put my hand on their head, and I, I pray for them. Sometimes I just talk to them. Sometimes we pray. But I tell them, I say, you are so smart. Did you know you can do anything? I'm so proud of you, my little boy, because God showed me what he's going to be. I said, oh, I'm, you're just, you are an amazing preacher. You know that? You're so full of the word. You're so full of faith. And they're just sitting there. Sometimes, you know, uh, Haley's getting old enough where she recognizes a little bit more. Uh, but sometimes they fall asleep while I'm talking to them. But, you know, I just want them to know uh, what their daddy thinks about them as opposed to what the world thinks about them. Because they don't need any help. The world doesn't need any help tearing anybody down. And listen to me, if, you're, if, you're just, if this is a revelation to you that you should speak kindly to your children or your grandchildren, uh, can I just tell you, start now. You know, don't worry about what you did before. Just start now. It doesn't mean we don't discipline our children and, and, and they have to do what they're supposed to do and all those other things. Uh, but they'll never be any... Listen to me. Uh, the knight in shining armor that's going to try to show up at my house about 16 years old, he will never, he will never be able to praise my children the way I praise my children. He will never be able to influence them the way I influence them. He will never be able to uh, come in and say something that's just so... Nobody's ever... You know, so many girls, uh, especially girls, uh, they just get swept off their feet because nobody has ever honored them. And then some heathen comes in, uh, 16 years old, bless God, he'll grow out of it. (laughs) But some heathen comes in with one thing on his mind... And he starts saying all the things that he thinks he can say to get that one thing that he's after. And all of a sudden, it's the first time that your little girl's ever heard anything like that. Well, yeah, her ear's going to be pricked to it. But if you'll act like the Lord acts, if you'll talk like the Lord acts, the Bible says that he sings over you. Oh, I'm so thankful that I sing over my children. They don't, they, like I said, sometimes they're just asleep, but I just sing over them. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm the best singer in the world, but, but, but listen, I want to know that their father sings over them. I love them. Come on, I'm trying to build them up. I'm not trying to tear them down. 
I can discipline them without tearing them down. Here's how you do it, by the way. My pastor taught me this. He said, when I was, when I was, when I was, uh, we just started having kids. I said, man, I said, how do you get, you know, I want to be, make sure I correct them properly and stuff. He said, yeah, you just, you just never offend their spirit. That's kind of deep, pastor. Can you break that down for me? He said, well, when they, when they act the way they shouldn't act, you don't act like that's how they act. You act like that's not how they act, meaning... Uh, uh, one kid does something or says something uh, that they shouldn't say to their brother or their sister. You say, hey, hey, that's not how you talk. We know how you talk. Listen, you're, you're kind. You're loving. That's not how you talk. Well, that made me so mad. Well, it made me mad too. But that's not how we talk. You ever heard Daddy talk like that to him? No, sir. You ever heard Mama talk like that to him? All the time? No. <laughs> Ooh, I'm in trouble. I can tell you. So many things, if we, just, if we just speak delicately to our children, just, you know, uh, most people are nicer to the waiter at Chili's than they are to the people in their own house. You wouldn't offend the waiter at Chili's if your life depended on it, but your wife uh, can say one thing wrong to you and you immediately smart off to her and you talk to her uh, like, like she was trying to hurt your feelings. She's not trying to hurt your feelings, sir. And even if she is, you don't have the right to be ugly to your wife. Ma'am, same thing. There's a, there's a great uh, depiction sometimes uh, I like to teach on. I call it, uh, I got it from my pastor. I call it butterflies and buffalo. Most of the time, uh, ladies are like butterflies. Most time, men are like buffaloes. You get a five-mile-an-hour wind... And a butterfly is messed up. You get a five mile an hour wind and a buffalo doesn't even know it's blowing. So ladies, most of the time, we don't even know. <laughs> For real. We don't even know. You're like, well, I've been slamming uh, cabinets for six weeks now. You hadn't noticed? No. You had to have noticed. We really didn't. We tried to notice. We want to notice. We just didn't. But for whatever reason, uh, there are things that, 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 that you have to follow to keep somebody in your presence, to keep somebody in your, in your or to gain access to somebody's presence. There's, there's things and ways to behave and, and ways to talk. But if you don't rely on the Holy Spirit, then, then holiness uh, is no longer necessary, you see. And if, if like, uh, uh, if like a, a, a husband just says, I love you to their wife one time and never lives that thing out. See, love comes from the heart, okay? It's something God gave us and it's a continuous thing. Well, faith is the same way. Faith comes from the heart and it's a continuous thing. So you don't just say, I accept Jesus one time and you're done. No, you accept Jesus and then you do something else. You press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. You see, it's a different thing when you live for God and then you begin to rely on His presence and His power. But His presence and His power, uh, that, you know, He hasn't, he hasn't uh, somehow miraculously or, or, or supernaturally changed into a God that just uh, condones living how you want to live. Amen or oh me. He doesn't just condone living however you want to live. He doesn't do that. That's why when you do something wrong, you feel that little tick on the inside of you. 
Thank God for that little tick on the inside of you. Thank God for the, the shifting. Thank God for the, the change on the inside of you. The conviction, the Bible calls it, of the Holy Spirit. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, the church has seemingly gotten away from some of the fundamentals. And one of the primary fundamentals of the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. Uh, repent. Turn away from it. Turn away from this. You see, your life... Uh, it's not your own anymore. Uh, who in here is a Christian? Just wave at me. Uh, your life is not your own anymore. Uh, it, it's a beautiful exchange. Matter of fact, there's a song called A Beautiful Exchange. But bless God, it is an exchange. He gave His life. You give your life. You want to live for God? You got to live for Him. Uh, we can't be... Uh, it's, it's, we're too far gone to be tiptoeing through the tulips anymore and acting like everything's just okay. Listen to me. Everything is not just okay anymore. Everything is changing faster than it's ever changed in the course of history. Jesus Christ really is coming back. You got family and friends uh, that are are looking at you and trying to figure out well what's different about them well what's different about but what's different about us is we're not going to burn in hell that's what's different about us if you don't like talking about hell you wouldn't like Jesus at all he constantly spoke on turning from sin uh, when he uh, healed, uh, when he delivered the, the adulterous woman. Uh, literally, she was caught in the act of adultery. And my first question is, where's the guy? Because it takes two to tango, and he should have been in the same pile right there. He takes and he sits there and he says, "Whoever's without the first sin can cast the first stone, and we'll kill her." Jesus is the only person who's never sinned. He could have thrown the first stone, but instead of throwing the first stone, the Bible says he looks at her and says, where are your accusers? And they say they've gone. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. We don't have any preachers preaching against sin anymore. We got preachers offering up some kind of an idea like you're joining a country club when you join the body of Christ. Might I remind you that the 12 disciples who walked with Jesus, almost every one of them was murdered because of their beliefs and we think we're getting somewhere because we read chicken soup for the soul inside of a month. Where are the Christians of the world? Where are the Christians that refuse to be pushed anymore? Where is the remnant that is going to... Jesus took 12 men and turned the world on its head. We don't need everybody, but bless God, we do need somebody. We don't need everybody that says they're a Christian, but bless God, there's a few, there's a handful that say, I'm not going to be pushed anymore. I'm not going to back up anymore. I don't, you can pass a law if you want to pass a law, but the Bible is the law that I'm going to follow. I'm tired of tolerating this stuff. We've been pushed into a corner. We've been shoved as far as you can be shoved without something happening and literally normal Christianity is over. We have to be more proactive with our friends and our family. Not because we want to be uh, uh, crazy with them, but simply because we don't want them to go to hell. I, I, I'm going to do this one day. But there was this really great illustration that was done. And it was at a youth conference. 
and, and, and they had, you know, like this scene with these kids that were all having a good time and, and everything. And, and there was these kids that were partying. And then there was this other kid over here and this other kid was a Christian. And, and then one thing happened and they were all riding together and they got in a car wreck like Chella got in uh, and they all died. Chella didn't die. Let me just remind you. Oh, I love the Lord. So they all died, and then they go to heaven, or they go, you know, wherever. And, and, and all of a sudden, the, the, the Christian girl is walking in, and there's, I'm assuming, St. Peter, he's with them. And, and he's like, oh, hey, how you doing, you know? And, and everything, and, and how you doing, and stuff like that. And uh, he said, well, I'm, I'm good, you know, where am I? Well, you're in heaven, you know, I'll take you to meet Jesus and everything. And all of a sudden, they had these devils uh, that had chained the, the other kids up, and they were dragging them across the stage, and they're dragging them to hell. And, and the Christian girl could look and see the other kids getting drugged to hell. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the the eyes of the of the girl that's about to go to hell locks eyes with the girl that's about to go to heaven and, and she says to her in a screaming voice just like this she said you knew and you didn't tell me you knew about this and you did not tell me and they drug her screaming of course it was a very powerful thing but you have friends and family that don't know. Oh, maybe they've heard it a hundred times, but so did you before you finally said yes to Jesus. You knew that Jesus died on a cross and rose three days later. But then all of a sudden, something happened. The Holy Spirit softened your heart one day, and you decided to become a Christian because God gave you a revelation about who He really is and what He can really do in your life. So for you and for me, we can't just uh, teach our kids normal anymore. We can't just teach our grandchildren normal. We can't just teach our loved ones. We can't just talk to our friends and family anymore. Listen to me. Jesus is really coming back, and He's going to do it really soon. And if we're not ready, if the people aren't ready for Him, it's not going to be good news for them. When He returns, it's only good news for people who know Him. Everybody else is going to get uh, much more difficult. Now I want to address just a couple of things this morning. The devil is very good at what he does. Very good. So his job or his goal is to make it very difficult for people to go to heaven and very easy for people to go to hell. Can we all agree? He tries to make it very easy... For people to just slip into hell. Uh, if, you, if, you're, uh, uh, if you're into cliches, he tries to grease the skids. Tries to grease the chute for people to go to hell. He tries to uh, talk like he doesn't exist. And then if you believe that he exists, but you still have not been, uh, you don't have the revelation that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, then he tries to put fear on your life to try to keep you to be quiet. He'll try to do all kind of things. He'll try to keep you up at night with fear. He'll try to give you nightmares. He'll try to talk about you. He'll try to get people to talk about you. He'll try to get bad things to happen to you. This is just what he does. He's a thief. I'm not telling you this because I want you scared because you don't have any fear on you at all. The Bible says you have power, love, and a sound mind. But you better know this is what he's trying to do. If you're married, listen to me. What he wants to do is he wants to drive a wedge in your relationship. Almost all the time, it'll come around doctrine sooner or later. If you're a Christian, 
It'll come around doctrine. Our job is to make it very difficult for people to go to hell, but rather uh, 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 to make it very easy for people to go to heaven. Uh, But the gospel literally uh, is an exchange. It's a miraculous exchange. But Jesus, having given His life, uh, we've got to get back to the basics of people giving their life. You've got to give your life. You've got to give your life. Listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but look around. We're getting this close. You've got to give your life. You've got to make a shift. Isaiah 26.3 says that he'll keep in perfect peace him whose mind has stayed on him. You've got to get your mind on him. Normal Christianity is over. I feel this so strong. I want to move on. But listen, you've got to give your life. And can I just say this? If you don't, your offspring will not. If you don't, your grandchildren will not. If you don't, the people who you've, uh, God has given you influence over, they will not give their life. If you don't show them how to do it, they won't do it. If you don't show them how to live, they will live anyway. We press towards the mark for the prize, the high calling in Christ, and Jesus is that mark. That means that we do have a target. It doesn't mean we always hit it, and when we miss it, we remind ourselves that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And can I just say this? Uh, It's really good to become a swift repenter. See, when we say repent nowadays, most people think of the word, I'm sorry. But if, but if you had a spouse that every time they walked in the room, they slapped you upside the head and said, I'm sorry. Would you care if they were sorry? Or would you want them to repent, to turn away from that stuff? See, God doesn't really care if you're sorry. He wants you to repent. Repent means to turn away. So if I'm walking this way, if I'm going to repent, that means that I turn this way and I walk this way. Boy, it's quiet in here. Repent and get good at it. When you find yourself, if you've offended your husband or your wife, repent. If you've offended your children, repent. If, if you're a child, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're uh, two or 102, if you're a child and you've offended your parents, repent. Turn away from that stuff. Listen, God hadn't changed at all. He hasn't shifted in any way. The Bible says there's not even a shadow of turning in Him. But listen, we've got to be Christian people. They, uh, Christian, uh, in, in the King James, most of the time when you translate it, it, it was like little Christs, little Jesuses. For us, we're called to be like Jesus. The WWJD, that's more than a bumper sticker. That's a clarion call to how we're supposed to act. Repent. God help us. Where, where, where's the preachers of this world that are calling forth for people to Repent. To turn from their wicked ways. 
Wicked ways. Let me tell you some wicked things. Since it's so quiet, I'll just keep beating on this thing. You go get drunk? That's called wicked. That's called sin. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to split hairs on this thing, uh, but if it causes cancer, you shouldn't do it. And I listen, I'm not saying you can't do those things and go to heaven. Bless God, you'll just get there quicker. You shouldn't be sleeping with your girlfriend. It's called fornication is what the Bible calls it. And it says fornicators won't have any place in the kingdom of heaven. It said they'll have a place in the lake of fire. You shouldn't be lying. If you're lying to people and you have two different lives going on, listen to me. Stop and repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. You shouldn't be adultery, uh, committing adultery with somebody. If you're doing it right now, you stop it right now in the name of Jesus and you go and repent to that spouse that you've got and turn it around. God can change you, but you've got to change. He does not want you the same as you were. He said you are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new, but we've got to get back to the fundamentals of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is to save you from your sin, not to empower you in it. It's different when you live for God. It's different when you serve God. When He comes back, when He comes back, do you want Him to find you sitting on a bar stool shooting shots? Or do you want Him to find you praying and casting out devils and laying hands on the sick and believing God for you? Where do you want Him to find you? He's coming back. God help me preach this morning. Everything is different now. Everything is shifted. I remember my father when I was a teenager my house was the place our house was the place to be please help me our house was the place to be you wanted to be there mom always cooked meat and cheese dip (laughs) nachos I'm hungry I'm almost done guys you know if we wanted Overtime in church like we wanted overtime in the NBA finals. We'd probably get somewhere. I'm just saying. My house was the place to be. But everybody knew you come to my house, there were precepts that you had to follow or you didn't get to stay at my house. What a lot of my friends didn't know is they'd come to the house and we'd say hi and we'd play ping pong and, you know, do, do all the things that kids like to do. And when they weren't looking, my dad would go out to their car and he'd sift through it like an FBI agent trying to see if there's any alcohol or tobacco or anything else. Interesting. And if there was, he'd tell them, you got two choices. Number one, you're not staying if you're mad. But what you're going to do is you're going to pour all that out you're going to call your mom and dad and tell them what you had 
because he was more interested in raising them up in the way they should go than he was in being their best friend. They all respected him. All of them liked him too, I might add. Maybe because he wasn't ugly to them and he built them up. But it was just the way of it. If you drove to the house, sooner or later, Dad was going to narc out there and he was going to check your vehicle. He would check every, every vehicles I drove. He'd check them. He didn't care. Because he's like Joshua, him and Mom. They stood up. Joshua 24 says this, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You don't have to serve the Lord at your house, but you come to this house. That's what this house does. One night, late at night, two of my friends left. Lived on an old country road that turned onto a farm-to-market road, like a highway, you know. And there was an intoxicated motorcycle uh, rider. The, the forensic said he was doing about 100 to 150 miles an hour. He came around a blind curve as my friend was pulling out onto that road. No way he could have been seen. No way anything could have happened. He laid his bike down, ran under my friend's truck and died instantly. My friends ran to the nearest house, told what happened. And as the way of things, uh, lawsuits began to fly around. And they were going to sue my friend for pulling out in front of him, which he did not do. It was a blind curve. The guy was going 150 miles an hour. No way to avoid it from his side. One of the things the attorney said was this. Because they were saying, I'll bet you that boy was drinking all night long. And the attorney looked at him and said, well, you better change your case. Because that boy was at Larry Hallam's house. And everybody knows Larry Hallam doesn't have alcohol at his house, period. And he will pour it out if the kids bring it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You want the presence of God? You want the power of God? I couldn't sleep last night at all. One reason, because the bed was cold, because my wife wasn't there, and me and the dog don't get along. But the Lord woke me up about five times. I can't remember this ever happening. I really can't. Uh, but He woke me up like five times, each time with a different dream. And they were really good. They were personal, but they were really good. And I laid there just shaking. I don't know if you ever shook, but I was just shaking. I'm not even telling you you got to shake. I'm just telling you I was shaking. Power of God, power of God, the power, the presence of God, the presence of God, the presence of God. Isn't it interesting that He seems to follow after His precepts? And if we'll get good at following after His precepts, we can get good at experiencing Him. Open your Bible to Luke. Always bring your Bible to church. Open your Bible to Luke. Even if it's on your phone, that's okay. I use an iPad. Open your Bible to Luke. I'm going to begin in verse number 25. Fourteen days ago or so, a man walked into a church and killed nine people because they were black and because they lifted up the name of Jesus. Two days ago, the Supreme Court voted 
in direct violation of the laws of God. Direct violation of the Word of God. I understand that this is a heavy Sunday and I get it. But can I just say we can't play church anymore? Listen, we got to be the church. Can't talk about it. We got to be about it. Everything's different. Time has sped up. We're in a very, uh, we're in a very hyper uh, compressed time. That's why uh, the people that are sewing into our building right now are seeing God bless them so quickly. We're just in a very compressed time frame. But it's the same thing uh, in the whole body of Christ right now. We're in a compressed time frame. We don't have that much more time. So Jesus was asked. Uh, he was asked, "Hey, when, when is your kingdom coming?" Basically. Verse 25, he starts talking about it. He says, uh, for first, uh, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Uh, Can we all agree that Jesus uh, has been rejected by this generation? And as it was in the days of Noah, or Noe, depending on which translation, but that's speaking of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even uh, thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Or when the kingdom of the Son of Man. So he says it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. It's going to be like it was in the days of Lot. Well, Noah, as you remember, built uh, the ark. Took him about a hundred years to do it. And God had him uh, take all the animals on the ark and his family. Uh, and then uh, after the ark rested on Mount Ararat, the Bible says, uh, Moses, uh, Noah had taken uh, some animals to sacrifice after the flood was done. So he offered up a sacrifice and God gave him a sign, the sign of grace. Gave him a sign that says, I'm never going to destroy the world like this again. He gave him a sign. And that sign, very interestingly, uh, was from heaven to earth. It was, the, it was a rainbow. Did anybody see any rainbows this week? Very interesting. God's sign of grace went from heaven to earth. Went from heaven to earth. He showed a rainbow. He said, look here. And now the devil has taken that symbol that belongs to us. I'm not giving it up for anything. I don't care if they fly it. The devil has taken that symbol and all over America and the world on Friday night, including the White House of the United States of America, was bathed and painted in a rainbow going from earth to heaven, thumbing their nose at the God of all creation, saying we're going to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Noah was the only righteous preacher in that time. And people were saying, we're going to do what we want to do, when we want to do it. We're going to do what we want to do, when we want to do it. And then God literally gives Noah grace, delivers him from the whole thing. And the symbol of that thing uh, was a rainbow from earth to heaven. And now earth is trying to shine rainbows at God. Like we don't care what you'll do. We don't care what you are. You said you're not going to destroy the earth with water again. We don't care. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to act how we want to act. We're going to talk how we want to talk. 
walk. This is what we are thumbing their nose at the Creator of everything that ever is, was, and will be. They're saying the sign that you have is now perverted and we will use it. Happens all the time spiritually. Do you remember Moses when he was in the wilderness uh, and everybody was getting bit by snakes? And he said, I tell you what, uh, God said, take one of those snakes and stick it on a stick and hang and show all the people. And when they see it, they won't be scared of it anymore and they'll be delivered from all those snakes. He took what was evil and used it for good, but the devil has taken what was good, the sign of God's grace, and now he's using it for evil. And everybody in Christianity is just sitting back like we don't care care well I'm not taking it anymore there's things that I won't go away from I will not let go of a bloody gospel I will not not let go of an old rugged cross I will not let go of an empty tomb and I will not let go of righteousness because if sin hung him on a tree I want to abstain from it it's not hard to tie a lot together as it was in the days of lot So we got rainbow and we got exactly what caused fire and brimstone to come from heaven to earth. All in the same week. Nine days after the church was attacked in South Carolina. Everything is different now. Nothing is the same anymore. This is the days. If Jesus came back tomorrow, it should not shock you. As it was in the days of Noah, and as it was in the days of Lot. But let me just give you one more thing. Because anytime there's bad news, God has better news. As it was in the days of Lot. Lot was sitting at Sodom and Gomorrah. He was looking out. He was the gatekeeper. And there came two angels coming come walking down and Lot said hey hey, come stay with me come stay with me you want him to stay with them because he knew what would happen if they stayed in the city they said no 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 we'll just stay on the town square we'll stay at the courthouse it's no problem he, Lot, Lot, Lot the Bible says entreated them says no listen you got, you got to stay with me we need some people with a Lot spirit to rise up and say no 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 you have to come to our house you have to come to church you have to come to the things of God you don't understand it's too it's too close you have to come to God you have to what are they going to do are they going to laugh at you who cares are they going to talk about you listen to me join the club I get it all the time I can't believe you said this it's in the Bible you better believe it He said, come to my house. They go to his house. Get in there. And the men of the city, they come banging on the door, said, let those two men out so we can know them. Biblically. Lot says, no, 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 no. And he argues with them. He begins to barter with them. Lot begins to offer different things. He literally offers his daughters. Which on one side I can go, whoa, Lot. On the other side, maybe Lot knew that they were so reprobate that they wouldn't have anything to do with a daughter. Or maybe God's just showing us what He was going to do later and give His only begotten for somebody that wasn't related. Lot goes outside and says, Listen guys, leave these guys alone. 
They said, Lot, either you let them out or we're going to do it to you. Everything shifted when they said that. The Bible says this is in Genesis 19 if you want to read it when you get home. They shut the door and pulled Lot in, shut the door and held the door firm. And then the angels took care of all the men that were coming against them. Uh, Let me say it differently. You can't harm God and you can't force anything on an angel because angels are bad to the bone. Especially my angels. You can't force an angel to do or not do anything. And you can't harm God. You can talk about me. You can almost say anything you want. You can shake your fist at me. You hit me, I guess I'll turn the other cheek. You hit me twice, it's a free-for-all. Stay with me. You can say it to me. You can talk about me. You can try to force me into something. But if you mess with my kids, they say the most dangerous bear in the woods is not the big uh, uh, male grizzly bear. It's the mama grizzly bear with cubs. You mess with the cubs, you're going to get the teeth and the claws. God's the same way. People rail against Him. They burn the Bible. They curse Him. They threaten Him. But listen to me. The church is filled with His children. And when the demon-filled men shifted their attention from the kingdom of heaven to the church in that region, Lot and his family, the angels said, that's it, we're wiping them out. God is going to supernaturally protect the church. Ezekiel said that, that, that he saw a wheel within a wheel. I believe that 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 could be a nation and then on the inside another nation. It might be the United States of America and I'll still put my hand over my heart and I'll pledge to it because I'm so thankful for what the soldiers are doing and all those other things. Uh, But there's a kingdom on the inside of this kingdom and there's only so far that God's going to let us be pushed. And sooner or later, He's going to shut the door. And sooner or later, He's going to rise up. And it's going to be good news for you and me. But listen to me. That's why it's so important for us to tell our family, to tell our friends listen, you can't just live your life like you think you can anymore everything is different now, there's a God of heaven and this thing is coming to an end and if you really want, you must repent you have to turn from your wicked ways you have to shift out of this thing everybody bow your head and close your eyes If you're in the building today and you're not born again or you're not sure if you're born again...